Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomapepe on SAFM. I beg your pardon, me getting my wires mixed up. Senior lecturer, School of Governance at the University of the Witwatersrand, Dr. K.G. Bowen. Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, Graham. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. Hmm. Let's talk about the most obvious thing, and I think I want to leave the conversation of Isilos Amabandla last as a conversation. Let's just talk about some of these serious social distressing news. The fact that the basic income grant on present facts is scheduled to expire in April, and if you talk about social distress, if you like, it can also extend particularly to institutions of higher learning. What started off at WITS again this year has now made its way throughout the universities of the country. In fact, students are promising a national shutdown of all 26 universities in solidarity of each other for the purposes of enrollment without this burden, which clearly is for student debt in the country. So these two serious conversations need to be held to, more importantly, serious solutions, lasting solutions are required from the establishment. Your thoughts? No, thanks for having me. Yes, I think, look, these two issues can actually be put under one umbrella, namely the lack of the South African economy to actually be moving forward. And I, I can trace this back to, well, I don't want to say the last 10 decades, because I think there, there's politics attached to it. So I'll just say we seem to have a government that really is a bit clueless as to how to move the South African economy forward. And I say this based on if you look at both the income the income grants, the COVID one, it's a, it's a temporary measure an important one, but a really short-term one. And the bigger question is to ask is, how long can you continue doing this when grants often by themselves already cost the state a huge amount of money? And because I think we should be at a period to, I think it's 26 years now removed from 1994, where the discussion should not be about grants. It should be what type of economy and jobs are we going to need in the next 20 to 30 years? And that type of discussion is going to hit us whether we like it or not. So everything we're seeing related to the income grant, also the fees must fall, is I think a symptom of the fact that we don't seem to have a plan for how to get people into employment and once we get them into employment, how to make that feed into the system as a whole. And I think we're going to keep seeing these are just but some of the symptoms we're going to see going forward. For now, we just know them as fees must fall, and this, which is a bit harsh, but I think a deeper discussion needs to also be had around Yes, it's important to get, you know, let's say deserving students into institutions of higher learning. But the key question I always ask, and it might be a bit controversial given the context and time, is how many of these graduates, once they've got this degree, are able to feed into the economy? Because I think that, for me, is where the starting point be. Once we know what the economy needs, how we can actually get young people involved in the Mm. economy, I think then you can regressively look back and say, listen, what type of universities do we need? What type of programs do we need? And how many people need to go in there? Because I think until you have those debates, you'll forever be opened up to the issues which seem to come up on a yearly basis without the macro plan coming in there. So the students are left wondering, listen, because the only reason I think students really do go to varsity, they'll tell you, is I want to get employment. And varsity will tell you, listen, we're a business. So in between that, there, there seems to be a lack of leadership which needs to emanate from the state. And until we fix these two issues, I, I'm, I'm afraid to say this is going to be the new normal going forward. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. New normal. Very, very tough words for one to have to engage, much less swallow. I propose to ask this question of you. I propose to ask this question of everybody who can hear my voice. And I really wouldn't mind even five to six straight phone calls on this question. I'm going to ask a question. Fellow South Africans, please work with me. The first answer is going to be given by Dr. Kachis Obuwe, who's at the School of Governance at the University of Advisors, senior lecturer there. One question. I want his answer plus six. This is the question in the light of this conversation, particularly the national shutdown that the students are calling for in a response that is required from government around the ongoing debacle about fees. Can South Africa of 2021 afford to have a June 16 of 1976? That is the question. What are the losses? What are the gains, especially for who? What might irrevocably never return or never be the same again? Who stands to benefit in the current crisis stroke quagmire? What would happen if the students of today made of today what the scholars of 1976 June 16 did? Your response, TK, and I want another six callers. Let's go. I'll be short. No, we, we cannot afford for that. We, we can't have the death of young people in this day and age. I think it's that simple and sweet. Anything, if that were to happen, it really raises questions not only about the morality of the country, but also whether there'll be a future, because you can't really simply kill your future. So I think the simple answer from my side is we cannot afford to have that. It just simply cannot happen in this day and age. But it has happened, hasn't it? We've had students in FISMAS Fall 2015 being arrested wantonly, some of them only just now getting their freedom. We had now an innocent bystander, Togoza Sindumba, may his soul rest in peace, in De Beer Street, now Ndumba Street, colloquially anyway, losing his life for, frankly, absolutely nothing but for trigger-happy South African police services members who just do what they normally do around black bodies, it has to be said. It has happened, it just hasn't been called that, or what we have seen is precisely the beginning of what ultimately amounts to June 16, 1976. I want your thoughts on this. I want those who are at home to give me their thoughts on this on national radio. The number to dial is Johannesburg, 714-2006. Final comment on this, KG? Yes, uh, just on that, I I hear your point, but I'm just hoping that 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 is really not the long-term direction that's been called for. Because I think there's been many reports telling us how the police must be reformed, but it's just I think you're right to raise the thorny issue to say, how can this still be happening? And look, it just maybe speaks to what you often speak about in the radio, that, listen, the issue of accountability, the issue of leadership. And it's unfortunate, but one maybe has to agree with you on this one to say, yes, it's happening. And yeah, it's, just, it's a really sad reality, not only for those people that have passed away, but I mean for the loved ones that, are, that have still have to live with the, with the death, unnecessary deaths which have happened. Let's take our first caller this evening on hold. First-time caller. This is what we do for first-time callers. We give them a round of applause, the typical SAFM family style. Cuba, thank you for calling us. You are in Johannesburg. You have 90 seconds to give us your answer, after which we simply cut the phone. Go. Thank you very much. Uh, My take is this. I... I, I, I don't think it's possible the way things are happening. I don't think South Africans can, can, can afford the riot of 76. Uh, there's a lot to be lost. 
as you ask in your question, what is there to gain or what is there to, lo- to lose? There's a lot to be lost. What is to be lost is the, the, the promise of the possibilities of uh, good things that can happen if, as a nation, we hold strong, we try to navigate this difficult period of pandemics and education, the, the, the lack of education among a number of people in South Africa today, and including the ESCOM, because ESCOM is a source or is a supporter for business or businesses. And we have a lot of people, young people as well, and even adult people who have a, an opportunity now uh, to to start businesses. Because in the past, that was not possible. During apartheid, it wasn't possible. And when we were beginning, it was not when we were beginning after 1994. It, it, we were still learning, you know. When 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 you just been in, into in trauma, it's not easy for you to immediately start picking up. So there's a lot to lose. There sure is a lot to lose. Thank you so much for your thoughts and welcome to the SF family. Now that you have called, we certainly are looking forward to many of your contributions. Cuba calling us from Johannesburg. Let's go to Durban. Sakile, good evening. Ninety seconds. They start now. Yes, uh, so as, uh, I, I don't think you can reform the police. You know, I can have a, a whole lecture about this uh, and how, what is the role of the police under the state of capitalism that we're in. It is to pro- protect private property, and oh boy, they do. Not really, it's not about civilians. Um, we're going to have another killing. We've just had the other student that's been shot just now, but he's wounded, he's not killed for now, we're going to have such things to happen because you cannot have a situation whereby people have been excluded in the economy in 1994, then you come and you unleash the worst form of neoliberal capitalism on people who have nothing. That's criminal, man. You, you can't do that. These things are still just going to shape like this, and you're going to have um, a new normal as it, as it, as it Thank you so much. Much appreciated, Sakile and Kaiserden. Let us go to Kevin in Peter Maritzburg, who I understand this evening as well is a first-time caller, and the tradition doesn't change when you're a first-time caller. Welcome, Kevin. This is what we play out for you. 90 seconds. They start now, Kevin. Thank you so much. um, Great show you guys have. Um, I you, always sir. listen, and um, you, I think today... Am I audible? Very. Okay. I think today you're touching on a very sensitive subject, that of education. I want to start off with a question, though. This one of saying, can we afford another um, 76? No, obviously we can. But I'm walking on the footsteps of the previous guy, which was called now. Um, I think sometimes we're too hard on our police, we're too hard on ourselves as black people, because... This democracy that we inherited, we just inherited a democracy that is driven by capitalism. Our educational system is a crisis because it was designed to feed in a capitalist economic system. So we need to be true to ourselves as a nation. And I think that maybe the governing party has to come to terms where people are realizing that, you know, the policies that are in play in South Africa are not taking us anyway. And everything we need to to start focusing on our own and transform our educational system to feed into the, edu- um, the economic system 
um, that the good, do- good doctor is saying there. Thank you very much, sir. Much appreciated. Thank you so much to you there as well, my dear brother Kevin in Peter Maritzburg. We certainly do hope we have been able to secure your ongoing patronage, as you call tomorrow, the day after that, and next month, all four days and all months thereafter. Mutebang Maloti Apofong. Good evening. Thank you for calling SAFM. You're on air. Thank you, my brother. I'll try to be short. You know what? Your question, do we still need another civilist? 1976, yes, we do. Uh, we dealt with the uh, National Party government then. Today, we have to deal with the ANC. We have to start with Lutuli House, drag all the officials out to the street and deal with them. Go to the parliament, go to the uh, union building. We have to do something uh, similar uh, to 1976. We must deal with the uh, 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 ANC because they are worse than the National Party. Thank you. Heavy words spoken, probably indicative of the times in which we live. 20 hours, 26 minutes. Time for two more callers before we wrap up this particular discussion on the student protests and the issues around the basic income grant set to expire now in April. If you like the social discussion of this evening, two more calls I will take, please, and then we'll have the response from Dr. K. G. Bowe, and then we will talk about Isilo Samabandla, Esitesa Kothama, Glevegi Ipelileyo, Dimpo. Jimmy, I beg your pardon. Jimmy in Limbopo. Jimmy, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm sorry. No worries. I beg your pardon. Go for it. Uh, I wanted to, I'm tempted to sing a Bob Marley song. Uh, I'm not sure if I can sing it. Go for it. But, but look, of critical significance, I think it was Franz Fanon who said, I'll just paraphrase, each and every generation out of obscurity they must discover their mission, fulfill it, or betray it. You get what I'm saying? Now, what is happening is, I think maybe it's about time the youth stand up and they must fight for their rights, as Bob Marley saying. The thing is, you cannot lie for people, always. The ANC has promised young people empty promises, and enough is enough. And it's going to be very painful. Seems we have lost our first-time caller there in Jimin Bulugan. I beg your pardon for that. How would you respond to those persons who are sufficiently fed enough with the establishment, KG, saying that it is in fact what we need in this country to, if you like, cleanse ourselves of this administration, this regime, which in many respects is as disparate of its mandate as the regime of 76 well, I think we we cannot be surprised, though, because, I mean, we've been doing this for the last two decades. I think we need to live past the, that memory which says, oh, my, the, the African National Congress's government is shocking us. We, look, this is who they are. I think, as Maya Angelou once said, that when someone tells you this is who they are for the first time, <laughs> believe them. Believe them. <laughs> I think we've had two decades of being told the NC telling us what they are. Let's believe them. Let, let's not do it any more excuses. But I think I, I don't want to get to a point where we go sight of for me, an action plan we need would be a quite simple one. And I know it's simple as I'm saying it, but hard if actually implement it. We've got the local government election. Why aren't young people really rallying to say, listen, we come from communities. I think that's what the, 
one of the, the organizations in varsity says, they always say we're part of the community before we go to varsity. So why aren't they ready to say, listen, we're going to stand. If not stand, we're going to put up the, the candidates we want in certain political parties. Because I always say this, my condemnation of the ANC is, should not be seen as praise for opposition parties because I think a lot they also have a lot to answer for. Because really, how they could not defeat the ANC in the last two decades really speaks maybe to volumes of what they lack. But I think maybe moving on to the action plan is we, young people simply just need to understand that. Listen, let us go take over these these structures, put people who are proven. And sometimes these might not be young people themselves. It might be people who you know actually work in the community. Because once I think you start actually taking over the levers of power, once political parties see that you can actually live without their, for the lack of a better word, stooges, and you can actually put people that work, they're going to start taking you seriously. In the absence of that, I think we cannot keep on lament, having lamentations and having these PhD discussions about what's wrong with South Africa. We need to get our hands dirty. And I think the quickest way as, that we can do is in 2021 is to start by saying, let's put people in local government in the count, in our regions. Let's actually know who's running for councillor. Let's demand that, listen, what's your plan for my community, A? B, which political party do you come from? And C, how are you going to help us with our situation? If you can, if you're failing to answer these three things, sorry, you're not my counselor. Fantastic. Let me take a couple of more calls, at which point I really will then have to shut down, as it were, this conversation of the national shutdown and the basic income grant. I do want to spend even five minutes in paying patronage and honor to the fallen king of the Zulu nation, King Goodwill, Zweli Tiniga Beguzulu. Romeo in KZN, thanks for calling. Anonymous in Bloemfontein after that. Good evening to you, my brother, and to your guest. How are you this evening? Go for it. I'm well, thanks. And my guest Thank is you. too. I just wanted to talk about your education, but uh, before that, I thought, let me quickly um, challenge the other caller who said the ANC is the most worst than national, but I think it was overreacting uh, for someone to say like that. But I believe the dark cloud that is roving all over the Lutile House, it shall pass if the ANC leadership, they still have got realizing that they've got a lot of work to do. And then they need to be united and they stop pointing fingers to each other by saying this is politicking, where we see somebody has made a mistake or somebody was involved in corruption. Then they drive with the agenda to say, no, this is politics. Something that is invisible, indefensible. I mean, that is wrong. We need you. We believe that you still have got a long way to go. In terms of education, I think the leadership need to think um, wisely and come back to the drawing board. Let's have an education system in which those who would end in the secondary level rather than to tertiary, let's give them an opportunity to start equipping them by taking them to construction colleges. Yeah, I'm going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your call, nonetheless, Romeo. Anonymous, Bloemfontein, final caller. Good day. Good evening. How are you, Sangeza? Well, sir, thanks. Go for it, please. My name is... When I joined in 1985... Your I name joined, is? I missed that. Uh, anonymous. Oh, I Anonymous, yes. In 1985, I became a financial advisor. That time, we were taught that we must encourage our people to invest for their future, for their children's future education. But we taught them ever since, 
I wonder how many took our advice. I'm asking if people took advice that time, what is happening now? Could it be happening? Not depending on government for our children's education. Another thing is that in 2019, there was a conference in uh, a, a lecture in Bluffington Free State University. The professor was addressing us, said, by 1996, he and his other colleagues, including Dr. Bengu, remember Professor Bengu, one time Minister of Education, they were making a plan, they had a plan suggested to the government how to deal with future tertiary education cost, but still the government didn't take it. Thank you. That's Thank you so much. Much appreciated. The gentleman in Bloemfontein styles himself as anonymous. Let's talk, Dr. K.G. Bowe, of the passing of the head of the Zulu Kingdom and, and his legacy. Isilo Sad time for many in this country. Yes, it, yes, it is. And it also marks a very... Look, it's a timely period, because if you remember when he took over from, from his father, King, I think it was Cy- uh, Cyprus, or, uh, Cyprus, if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't, a, it wasn't the 70s or 80s. So literally, he's been in charge for that long. And one can say he, he's actually played a pivotal part. I mean, if you listen to what a lot of politicians have said, particularly President Jacob Zuma and Gosazamit Lamini Zuma, who truly understood what was happening in that province at the time. Now, some people have raised contrary views about his legacy, but I think the one people will stick to is just the, the reformer he has played. I mean, he really has kept the the monarchy, in quote, in inverted commas, of the Zulu nation in really pride of place. And I think that that's the legacy one will probably remember most about him, that in a time when things are changing so quickly, if there is something nice about knowing that there's some stability about the monarchy. And it's actually going to be quite interesting just observing where, where the monarchy goes from here, because he was such a colossal figure in the sense that he was able to keep the monarchy relevant to that region, also the country. So it'll really be interesting to see what happens going forward. And look, uh, I'm one of those people I'm partial towards monarchies uh, and maybe being a traditionalist as such. And I hope that, you know, the incoming, whoever the incoming uh, leader of the Zulu nation is and the head of the monarchy, you know, will be able to not only keep it relevant, but I think also play a pivotal part in saying, listen, I think there's a lot of commercial value that can be derived from the monarchy to ensure that a, they're not they're not dependent on government because I think that's the next step the monarchy needs to take. Such that when he when he takes over, whoever he may be, he's able to speak with such authority that not even government can be able to shut him down via finances. Because I think that's that's the future we need. We need independent stakeholders that are able to hold government to account. And I think cultural leaders and also monarchies do have a role to play in that. And I think they've been a bit quiet in it. And it's really I think the legacy if if his legacy really is to remain true. It's, specifically the Zulu monarchies. They need a reformer who is ready to be able to take this monarchy to the 21st century, and we hope that he's been able to do that. Because I think he probably had a... I know traditionally he doesn't dictate who comes into who comes into power, but I hope he's really set the stage for whoever comes into power in the right way. This is probably a good time to engage the conversation of traditional leadership in the country at large. There is no greater or bigger king, certainly in terms of appeal, in terms of following, in terms of territory, in terms of influence, might I even suggest, as the late king Goodwill Zuelitini. And there are many questions around just that name that one could traverse. Mondli Makanya wrote a very 
Well, I wouldn't say disparaging, but he certainly doesn't hold the late king in high regard if that article is anything to go by. There are many questioning as to how they were the Zulu nation that is settled on what has since been known as the Ingonyama Trust and the political nuances attached to that. The fact that the king, more than any other king, receives such a high endowment from the national government. This is then, in light of what you are saying, an opportunity to re-engage the system of traditional leadership in a country of a centralized government as we do. Yes, but I, but I would probably point it towards the direction where people should also not be a historical about it. Because I know people, and this maybe might come off as a bit of a slight to other to other nations, but there's not like, for instance, like I'm Tuan, I'm Kim Tuan, but there's no such thing as a Tuana king, as a, as there's no such thing as a Betty king. What you tend to have, you have you have uh, institutions or groups, which, for lack of a better word, you can call uh, you can call uh, tribes, and that's a historical fact that there has been no nation quite like the Amazulu um, nation. It's, it's documented history. You can you don't have to like it, but it's documented history. So I've, I've always had a I think a, a I've always had a a fanciful, let's say, deliberation of people say, why is he special? Well, it's history, and you cannot fight history. Because we can also have to understand the issue of monarchy is very different from democracy. I think if you want to have the debate, we should, but we should also, we cannot on one hand say, listen, we want to have an African democracy, which represents us, but then we take out what some people, and we also have to remember, not every South African is for the monarchy, not every South African lives in rural areas. Or, or I mean in urban areas. So I think we need to be a bit more nuanced about how do we take this discussion forward because I'm one of those people that would be bitterly disappointed if people say the only way South Africa moves forward is if we equalize what our history doesn't show to be equal, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. No, I appreciate that as I do your thoughts on these on these very critical matters. Certainly the conversation that we are now cutting, the passing of King Goodwill's relative is a conversation that will not end, certainly not before his burial certainly not during his burial and I'm sure long after the king is no more and a successor duly appointed and inaugurated to lead the kingdom of KwaZulu-Natal. The legacy of the late king Goodwill Zulatini is going still to be a talking point. Dr. KG Bowe, thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you as always for having me. Excellent. Have yourself a good evening. 2039, just a short Isizulu lesson as it were. Amagama asichenziswa umagukoteme isilo. Isilo asiguli siadunguzela. Isilo asishoni kepa siakotama. Isizwe asisho uguti sishonelwe kepa siti. Itala lisihali. Sorry, 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 sorry. Itala lisilasile. Noma ilanga lishonile. That's right. Itala lislasile ilanga lishonile. Isilo umasikoteme. Istumbu saso sibizwa ngo mzimba. Not istumbu sekumkani. Umzimba wekumkani. Umzimba wesilo. Isilo asingachwa. Kepa siachalwa. Ituna lesilo libizwa nge. Libanoma o idlinza. Uma isilo sikoteme. Indungulu nesizwe asikali kepa. Baba se manzini, bashonelo lilanga, noma basebumnyameni. Some critical nuances. Is it time for us now to learn of the Zulu nation, of the Zulu culture, of the Zulu traditions and its norms? There are certain things which are known in one culture which do not automatically translate to another culture. And true to form, he was a traditionalist. He clearly was set in his ways, and he made sure to remind us all that he was proudly Zulu. And it's a good time for us just to take this, if for nothing else, 
as an opportunity to learn of and about each other. Certainly we owe each other that in death. 2040.